Welcome to Kingdom Talks, where we engage leaders, teachers, creative artists, and everyday people in conversations that awaken listeners to new revelations of the Kingdom Age. All of our courses, community conversations, partnership links, and much more can be found on our website, kingdomtalksmedia.com. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome, everybody, to Kingdom Talks. I have a very special guest today, Bishop Dr. Bill Hanshue from Joppa, Missouri. And uh, I think, Bill, you and I, we kind of connected through um, Empowered Sons, which is a Facebook group that we're both on. You have a show, we have a show, and, and uh, kind of connect. You actually reached out to me first, and, and I, I started listening to some of your um, podcasts and was very impressed with the content that you carry there. So I'll just say right up front that if you're listening to this, you might want to go check out uh, Dr. Bill's um, uh, website and his uh, YouTube channel, which we'll get to in just a moment. But uh, Dr. Bill, thank you for being on here. I appreciate you. I honor you. I want to bless you. And uh, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing and how you got to where you're at. Well, thank you so much, my brother. It is my honor indeed to be with you. And uh, I, I just graciously thank you for the invitation. Uh, our journey of uh, all of my life, uh, probably starting in kindergarten, kindergarten is my earliest memory of church. Uh, my dad was the junior class Sunday school teacher uh, in a denomination that I was raised in, the Pentecostal Church of God. That's my background. and. Um, by the time I was uh, uh, married at 17, I had already started preaching a little bit. And then uh, at 18, my wife, well, I actually got married when I was 18. My wife and I were became youth pastors. We both had pastors uh, as our parents. So all of our, our upbringing was, was church related. And so we began uh, uh, as youth pastors and two years into that, which was a little bit early, but at 20 years old, I became a full-time senior pastor, and everything wow. just escalated from there. Um, before we left California in 1979, I had already started working on my first doctorate uh, with a man who, uh, a black brother who actually was my spiritual father and mentor. Um, and so after moving to Missouri in 1979, I continued took me about 10 years to get my first doctorate, uh, a doctorate uh, in biblical studies. But things just escalated over time. Now, I've got quite an extensive journey, but I'll, I'll just be brief. Uh, we pastored out of 40, almost 48 years, we pastored about 40 years um, pretty much consistently. And then uh, in one of our churches, the last one we had, uh, we actually had an in-house college for a few years with a, a particular group. And sometimes in education, just like pastoring, there are veins that you get into and flows you get into that actually work. And then sometimes it was the wrong vein. It just took time for you to find that out. So my wife and I began teaching in an online college. And when we did, uh, we, my wife administrated this college for about two years. And so that became a breeding ground for us to actually transition into our own college. So World Bible School University, now we do not have a church. We do not have a building. Okay. We do not have a congregation. Uh, our ministry at this point in time is completely online. I travel very little because I have four broadcasts a week, every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning, Thursday night, and Friday morning. Are those live? Plus, 
they're all live. Okay. They're all live to Facebook. Our program does allow us to stream to other venues, but we stream live to Facebook. And um, uh, if, if my voice goes dead, I hear a, a low battery in my, my ear, earphones. Uh, but anyway, we, uh, we've, been, we've had World Bible School now for one solid year. We're moving into our second year. We began with four students. And today in one year, which is way beyond our wildest dreams, we have over 160 students worldwide. We're in the UK, in Canada, we're in Austria, Scotland, um, uh, several places in Africa, as well as the US. Uh, and I think there's a, one or two more places. Uh, but we also have offices in Sierra Leone, West Africa, where we have an international director that oversees all the African countries. Wow. And so this is so phenomenal to be involved in telling people, look, here's why we founded World Bible School University Online, to tell people about Father God's unconditional love. Because let's face it, we've all been beat up. We've all been messed up. We've all had the brow beating from the pulpit type scenarios of past messages. And to really be introduced to that you have been loved ever since God created you. And no matter what mess you're in today, the only thing that will get you out of that is coming into an awareness of how much you actually are loved. And Love it opens that. up a tunnel of light that you can walk toward and say, I'm getting out of my mess. I'm dropping this and I'm moving to better things. So that's kind of the, the picture. That's that's so good. And now now you are I've heard some of your teachings. I've listened to some of your stuff online. And, um, you know, I am I'm very like I said, I'm very impressed with what you're sharing online and what you're teaching. So but I'm curious because obviously with Bishop Dr. Bill Hanshu, uh, it's like pastor, you know, whatever in most denominations most groups most cultures that are that are christian in the box they are not uh real receptive to you know some of the stuff that you're you're teaching and sharing so i'm curious how did you step into this how did you get into it how have you handled um you know the the backlash uh, you know because i i want you to share your story so that other people that are trying to make that transition as well know how to make that transition or at least know that there's other people that have done it and uh you're still alive <laughs> yes yes well early in ministry uh as as a pastor uh, after moving to missouri um i still pastored uh, a a major church in the denomination i was raised in uh i began i was i would preach um on our we had two services in the midweek we had a sunday morning and sunday night service which was a lot of stuff. A church of about 135 with a bus ministry, hospital ministry, visitation ministry, jail ministry. I was this extremely busy person. And I would preach my heart out. And come Sunday night, I would, we would go home. My wife would go to bed because she had to work the next morning. The kids would go to bed for school the next morning. And I would stay up flipping through the channels saying, God, there has to be something more than what I'm hearing and what I'm saying. Wow. And I would hear someone wow. and they would be saying something and I would say, you know, Father, that's not really your heart. And then I'd flip in there, here be somebody else and I'd say, wow, that, that's so different and so fresh. And so revelation began to come in various forms and I began to share some of that revelation. Now, that revelation kind of disconnected me with my congregation, disconnected me with the board we had, uh, ultimately 
the overseers asked me to leave the denomination and turn my credentials in. I was very hurt. I was very let down. But, uh, but I'll tell you what, I struggled for about two years trying to find myself and trying to remake myself into a different kind of preacher that I just blew it at every turn. So I finally had to go back to where I threw the baby out with the bathwater and picked up the pieces that were really essential and really applied to where I was. And I wanna tell you that was in about 1982 wow. and the journey just continued to travel from there. I went to the, to the uh, faith movement, to the word movement, uh, word of faith, charismatic, kingdom, grace. I, I have played in all of those areas, but one of the things that set me apart was if you were Methodist and you asked me to come and preach, I'd come preach for you. Uh, I preached in Baptist churches. I preached in all kinds of churches. Churches definitely in our uh, like sister churches, but we're actually out of our denomination. And the one thing I was told as a young preacher, stay away from other groups, only stay in your, in your group. And there were other groups I actually wanted to investigate, mm -hmm. uh, but I was a good little Pentecostal boy and obedient. And, you know, I'm very much a person moved by ethics. When I was in business school, I was the only one in my class to have both uh, Emily Post's complete book of Ed etiquette and Amy Vanderbilt's complete book of etiquette. And I was able to chime with my professor uh, to, to identify. Uh, I went to business school to get a computer degree, which I've had to do a lot of continuing education to keep up with things. But the fact is, I just, was a person who was disciplined in ethics and etiquette, and I still am today. But I found out that when it comes to things like the law, 613 laws, but we usually focus on the 10. And I found out that people who broke one were guilty of all, and it was hard to measure up until you transition to what Jesus did, and you have an old covenant, you have a new covenant, which I more am persuaded about an eternal covenant, which Mom, is the yeah. eternal truth that speaks about me from the beginning and my yeah. relationship with God. But when I started seeing those things, I got into the grace movement. That was the last movement I was actually a part. I guess I'm really not a part of that anymore because when I started teaching grace with moral responsibility, that kind of threw me out of the picture. So <laughs> we formed our own, uh, we have our own corporation we have for many years. It's actually called World Bible School International Training Center. Now, while that sounds big and sounds glamorous, we came to Joplin a year and a half ago intending to open up that training center. Just never happened. Some situations took place personally that I just wasn't able to do that. But one thing that did happen was World Bible School University online. My physical needs today uh, really are better handled at a computer. And so I'm able, I have three screens in front of me. I'm able to, to do all kinds of stuff online with four broadcasts a week and with Bible college, which oftentimes I'm teaching two classes at a time, which is a lot, but I love, I love having no boundaries. Yeah. And I get to go out there and I get to say, okay, what is this talking about? How did they feel in the first century or in 1245 uh, BC when Joshua died? How did they feel? How did they feel about what was their perspective and how did this come across in their language? So now I'm free to investigate that. Yeah, I'm the founder. My wife is the managing director, but, but I want to tell you that uh, we have a variety of professors. We have 10 professors 
and these professors, I wouldn't say all live in the same house theologically, but I would say we live in the same neighborhood theologically. And so I don't monitor them. They teach what they they feel like they should, but they also have an That's opportunity good. to hear me online. And I actually invite a lot of them to be guests on my different programs. So I stay in contact with them. So mm -hmm. this transition has got some, you know, when I stop preaching the devil and I stop preaching hell and I stop preaching that, you know, you have to become something more than what God has already made you to be. Yes, I've got some opposition. I've been teaching the book of Revelation online verse by verse for over three years now. And the way I teach it has really drawn attention to that show is not, does not have my largest audience, but I have gotten flack. I've been called a heretic. I've been called all kinds of things, a false teacher. How I deal with that is do I really care? Yeah, there's a part of me that cares, but for the most part, I don't care what you say about me. I have found something that has transformed Amen. my life. And if I can yeah. get some of that to another person and That's it begins it. to transform them, then it will help them uh, in a their own journey to become and to operate as everything Father God says that they are. So what do you say to the people that feel like you're a heretic and you're deceived and they want nothing to do with, you know, the freedom that you walk in. How do you how do you handle that? Because, I mean, we all run into it. So those of us who are walking in, in this new yeah. stuff. So uh, what I do is I, I would generally take them to a private chat uh, because I'm not one who uh, because I had two timelines. OK, two ministry timelines and uh, four pages and three groups. And I have uh, there are people that connect with me in all of these different ways. I have almost 10,000 people on my two timelines. So I'm very careful about how I combat or deal with what people say. Yeah, so I absolutely. generally will take them privately. And when the conversation is done after explaining, I will tell them, you know, here's the deal. In spite of how you feel about me, I love you because my father loves you. And that's yeah. usually the end of the story. You know, uh, uh, brother, there is a scripture in the and, and one of the things that gets me in trouble is I'm not a King James supper, okay? Yes, I've been raised on the King James. I kept my teeth on the King James. I studied the King James because let's face it, even though we have the first century Greek, James Strong's didn't write the Strong's Concordance until 1890. So he was far removed from the original language because it is a common fact that every two or 300 years, the meaning of a language and even the wording of a language will change. So what he says, I actually have to evaluate heavily and look at the metaphors and really what the the, the intent of of the, the the creator is but so i often go to different translations now one of my um becoming more and more my favorite is the passion translation yes yes here's yeah. ephesians 1 4. We, we've heard this many times just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy without blame before him in love that was the new king james version and it tells us what we should be. It tells us what we should become. But when we read that from the trans, uh, the Passion Translation, it says, and he chose us to be his very own, joining us to himself even before he laid the foundation of the universe. We know that probably would read heavens and earth, but heavens and earth was a Jewish, a Hebrew figure of speech for universe. So the Passion Translation nails it. And then he tells us why, because of his great love, mm -hmm. he ordained us, he set us apart. 
uh, this could read, he marked us by love so that we would be seen as holy in his eyes with an unstained innocence. So the truth is how God sees me is what I have to operate by my understanding of God's view of me, so that ultimately God's view of me becomes the same view that I operate out of. Absolutely, you know, and that is one of the things, I don't, you know, and I don't know how much you know about us and, and where we're headed and what we teach, but, you know, believing that we are moving into another age, you know, so we, we look at the next age that we're moving into. It's like one door is closing, the other door is opening, and this is all, you know, it, it's in the, his time clock in the sky, you know, it's, it's all there that, that we're moving into a new era and that as we move into this new era, there are going to be new things that are coming forward and that, that you know, we're, we're being um, uh, led into this. I mean, the whole world is being led into a shift and everybody's sensing it, but, you know, we're, everybody's trying to grasp onto, well, where, where's all this going? And anyway, I just, I, I love the fact that you are, you know, you've been kind of forerunning this stuff um, way before I ever came on the scene. And, you know, I was still stuck in my religious box, you know, up till about five, ten years, you know, five, six years ago. Um, so, yeah, it's been a big transition. And yet I love how you guys are teaching things. And and I, I want to go ahead and jump into asking you, you know, what is the, the main message that you are sharing and that you want to get out to the people and help them? understand what what's father put on your heart you remember the book of romans now, now I, I i have a couple of books i've got some more that are in the process one came out of a college course called the theology of creation and i'm really looking forward to that one but i have a book i've been working on for several years called uh creation is waiting for you and it's based on romans uh eight yeah, and 19. in Romans 8, he tells us that even creation itself is that they're, they're in a state of frustration. They're crying out. Yep. Somebody yep. show me the path. Somebody show me the light. Yeah. And so uh, in, in light of that, when I look at uh, where my heart is and where my thrust is, is obviously to tell people that they are loved unconditionally. Let me give an example this way. Uh, when we first moved to Joplin, it was the, the month of June, just the first of June that we finally had everything moved, uh, far from arranged, but everything moved. And it was so, so hot. And I was working really beyond my ability. Uh, I am uh, today, I'm uh, currently 65 years old. I don't feel 65, but that's my age. And I was working so hard that I actually got overheated, ended up in ER with uh, heat exhaustion. And the nurse comes in, a male nurse, and he says to me, uh, he, he was probably, oh, I don't know, 10 years younger than, uh, than us. And he says to me, he says, I don't know why, but I just feel like talking to you. He said, I was a pastor. I went through seminary. I had a church, I had a marriage, uh, 16 years I was pastoring, something like that. And he said, one day my wife left me, I really hit bottom, I left the ministry, and I entered into a, a homosexual relationship. And I said to him, of course, here I'm in the ER for a particular problem, and so I'm not ready to preach this guy's sermon. I said, here's the thing, the bottom line is all I can tell you is that Father God loves you unconditionally. Now. We can tell people that God loves them unconditionally without saying, I'm approving of what you're doing. I embrace what you're doing. That's, that's not the issue because, again, I really believe in moral responsibility. 
not to the point of legalism, but to the point that we don't abuse the grace of God. So is grace conditional? I think everything from Father God is conditional toward us. I think the work is finished. I think it's it's done and uh, completed. God calls us complete, even in Scripture. Uh, but one of the things, you mentioned something that really set something off of me. You talked about coming into a new age. Before I really got fully into the message that I'm in, I was teaching chronological events in scripture. I had my Bible and still today my Bible has a paper stuffed in it of chronological charts. Now, none of them are accurate in terms of what I see now, but the one thing I did conclude, my best study of a Jewish chart or calendar was that the the 6,000th year was complete and we have entered into the 7,000th year. The 7,000th year, I don't believe in an 8,000th year. There was once, of course, I think, but an 8,000th year would be a year of new beginnings. I think we've already had our beginning. We're just coming to know it. But the 7,000th year is the reign of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Revelation chapter 5, verse 10 says that uh, we are kings and priests unto our God, and we shall reign upon the earth. The Greek in that says that we are a kingdom of priests and we reign. That would be the short version. Yeah. Now, am I in Christ? I am more than in Christ. I have such a union with Christ that when we read Ephesians 1, 4, it's like God created billions and billions of spirit beings, but he didn't create them separate from him, himself. He created them in himself. Come so on. I can learn to see out of his eyes, yeah. Think through his mind, speak from his voice, and I see <laughs> that oneness with my father. That is the reigning yes. of the 7,000 year. And it is a year that, or a season or an age that will never come to an end. So I love this. I love this. One of the things that we teach is engaging with your perfected self. Because in Christ, Colossians 2.10, we are complete. We are Amen. perfect in him. So there is a perfected us. You know, we are seated with him in heavenly places. And if we are one with the Father, if we are one with Yeshua, he is one with the Father, we're one with the Father. The Father is everywhere all the time. Don't have a grid for that, but that's, I think, something we can, you know, say. So in Christ or in, in the Father, we are, you know, in Christ we are perfected. And so when... When we are able to step into the heavens, and that's something that we teach, we believe that you don't have to die to go to heaven, that you are in Christ, you're seated with him in heavenly places, you, you've been told to go boldly before the throne of God because we belong. Because we belong, we can go boldly before the throne and engage with Father and Son and Holy Spirit. And when we do that, we can also engage with our perfected self. And I can tell you that for me, now this is, I, I consider most things a tool because mm -hmm. What is God? Honestly, we don't know. God is something so far beyond whatever he, you know, we can understand. But he has, he has deliberately you know, wanted to relate to us as a father. He is relational and he wants to relate to us as a father. And so, you know, we are, you know, for me, the tool is engaging with my perfected self. I can see who I truly am, not who yes. I become, but who I already am in him. And that when I engage with my perfected self, there's even times where I'll have conversation and say, you know, you know, I'm, I'm facing a tough time here in this linear timeline trying to work this out. I'm facing a tough time. How did you get through it? 
Because yes, it is who I become, but it is also who I already am. And so I can ask, how did you get through this? And I will get some marvelous answers. And people will say, well, why don't you just go to Jesus then? Well, we are in Christ, you know. Exactly. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I, I just love that. I go to funerals and I hear people say, now they are with the Lord. And I mean, I mean alarms are going off of me. And you've always been with the Lord. But yeah. two major things really were instrumental in the transition for me. One of those was Psalms 8 when David says, who is man that you are mindful of, of him? And you've crowned him with glory and honor. And you've, you've made him a little lower than the angels, which we know angels is not the proper interpretation. There's actually Elohim. Yeah. And, Elohim. And, but, but when you translate that into Hebrew, what it comes out to is that he made us a hair width difference from himself. Now, I recognize that what we read in Ephesians 1, 4, that, that God sees us on an equal playing field. I mean, let's face it. Uh, true intimacy requires equality. So if you, if you do not treat your spouse as an equal, then you have a dominance in whatever form of in, intimacy you have. So God looks at us and he sees equality. Now, I recognize that he is the creator. I am the creator. I see the difference. But I've got to come up to God's level of thinking, even with this awareness, which the awareness keeps me in balance. But the awareness is, is God sees me equal to himself so that we can have the best that intimacy can provide. So that was one thing. The second thing That's was good. when I began to teach the book of Revelation. And I told the Lord this. I said, look, I have read this multiple times. I've taught out of it multiple times, and now you want me to go. And he took me to Revelation 1, verse 1. And when I saw the first five words, the revelation of Jesus Christ, my translation of that is the unveiling of the anointed one. So that produced a question. The question was, is if there is to be an unveiling, it's got to happen in someone. So what is the deal? And I read on in verse one where it says he sent and signified it to his servant John by an by an angel to his servant John. The word angel there uh, we've mistranslated. We see cherubim and seraphim in scripture, and we see the best picture of seraphim in Isaiah uh, chapter six. We see the best picture of seraphim in the the Ark of the Covenant. But angel actually is has been we've really been misled because we've used. Uh, uh, James Strong's, and let me just say, not to knock James Strong's, I love the Strong's Concordance, but also the Thayer's lexicon created about the same time. Uh, we see a lot of things such as heaven. James Strong's alludes to the air. So we get the idea that up in the sky is heaven. But if you read on and you look at the biblical uses of the word, you see that the word oranas is actually translated the abode of God. So now I have to ask, where does God live? Well, my whole life I've been taught to say he lives in me. So that is the thing. So then I saw he signified it, and I studied that word out, and I found that signified actually leads us to a word symbolic or a, a picture, an allegorical message. So from that moment on, I left behind <laughs> I, I, I left, uh, a pun there. I left yeah. behind all of the, 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 the prophecy teachers and the and things and I saw that the book of Revelation was 
John's message from prison to the seven churches of Asia, and it was a symbolic message because, let's face it, the Hebrew language has uh, symbolism, uh, pictorial mm -hmm. references, uh, word numbers, uh, musical overtones, the Greek language, same thing. They understood the pictures that those words and those messages meant, and so I saw a whole new picture. And as I taught, and I'm now in chapter 19, it has blown me away. I'm even taking the whole thing, and I'm teaching the first five chapters one week at a time to our associate degree class, the next five to our bachelor degree class, and, and so on. And, and so those were really two major things that, that transitioned my thinking. Hmm. Um, and I will, tell you, uh, I will tell you that when I began to teach on Tuesday nights, Healed Because God Said So, I taught it, I developed that program out of a need in my own life. And we started talking about healing and we would prophesy and we would give words <clears throat> of knowledge and not saying anything was not accurate, but I began to realize that things weren't changing for people. So how were we going to accomplish that? So I come across the scripture in Matthew 8 where it says Jesus cast out the spirits with a word. Again, I was led to a word study. The word uh, cast out really can be uh, transition to change. And the word spirits, actually, it, it's an extensive study, but you can find that it actually refers to mindsets. So Jesus changed yeah. mindsets with what he was teaching. That's where we're at. So our Tuesday show is completely devoted to changing the way people think, because that will bring us all the greatest success as we're searching for truth and finding truth, and then we're sharing truth. And that really does produce a transition in people's lives. That really helps people in their journey. Hey there. Thank you for joining Kingdom Talks. We are taking a short break to share with you the life-changing online course called Ultimate Impact. Gil and Adina do an amazing job taking the complicated and making it simple and applicable for your life. Ecclesia groups are using this course to shift their thinking into the next age paradigm. Yeshua spoke of power, authority, love, and oneness that we have yet to walk in. So if you're ready to deconstruct limiting beliefs in order to step into what Father is doing now, this course is for you. Sign up today at KingdomTalksMedia.com under the Courses tab. Now, back to the show. Yeah, yeah. Love that. You know, back to that scripture in the Hebrew uh, or in the Old Testament, it talks about, you know, that we are uh, little... Uh, Elohim, you know, that, that word that I remember reading it in the Young's literal translation. And I like the way it reads there because it says we are lacking a little, lacking a little, just a little. And then for me and my wife, you know, studying through the scripture there, uh, just coming to the conclusion that that little that we're lacking, because it says God is spirit. And also in the scriptures, we can find that God is spirit. We can find that yeah. man is spirit. We can find that God is, is light and that we are light. And then it says God is love, but it doesn't say we are love anywhere. So to me, the, one of the things we're here in this linear timeline to here to learn is to learn to love. Mm -hmm. And that, that, you know, that is the little thing that we're lacking there. So anyway, just, just a very interesting thing because again, just believing that as we move into this, this next age, that, um, 
I, I believe that there's going to be a major, major focus on humanity from God to humanity. Mm -hmm. The church can be the head or the tail, but there's going to be a major focus on learning to love ourselves well. Learning to love ourselves as he loves us. Because I am a firm believer that when we love ourselves well, we don't have to belittle anybody else in order to make wow. ourselves feel better. And as we are engaged, you know, with... Um, with other people that disagree with us because we are confident in who we are because we love ourselves that um, we can be intrigued and actually enjoy a conversation with somebody who holds a different viewpoint versus having to argue and feel like I got to come out on top and be right. Yeah. You know, where I run into that, especially with evangelists that are from other countries, uh, and if I have someone on my show uh, that which they start talking about casting out devils or they start talking about uh, the devil will get you or people are going to hell. Uh, I, I never uh, correct anyone online. That's the first thing. I, I allow them their view uh, right. be, because I want them also to allow my view. So where, yeah. where you give courtesy, you know, when I was in martial arts, the first belt uh, in, in Korean, uh, the first belt, your white belt, it, the form is called courtesy. Uh, mm -hmm. It's translated in English. And, and so I think giving courtesy, being kind to one another is what the Lord has instructed us to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think of a scripture, you know, when it comes to people out there who have not transitioned or, or haven't moved forward in their journey, but they're still stuck in that one place, should I be concerned about that? Well, here's the thing. When I look at scripture, Paul made an astounding statement in 1 Corinthians 1, verse 23. He said, each in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward, those who are Christ at his coming. Now, the word coming is very mistranslated. We have the scripture in Revelation 1 that says uh, he is uh, uh, he who was and is and is to come. The word come and coming are very mistranslated. It really means he who is manifesting. So he is manifesting in our awareness. Yeah. Someone has a little bit of manifestation in their awareness. Somebody has a lot, and then there's a lot more to be gained. Yeah. And so I love that about Paul. Paul had insight that was beyond the years of his time. And I think it all had to do not Xing out John and Peter who actually walked with Christ. But I think it has to do with that little meeting that took place on the road to Damascus, yes. where Paul, yes. I think, was so reprogrammed and so re-educated that he had a revelation that messed with him and yet messed with other people when he began to share. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think that to me is one of the most incredible conversions because you have a man who is you know, just full of vile and anger against the Christians and, yeah. and uh, you know, being pious for his own religious beliefs, you know, full of religion. And he's out after. And then once he has that experience, you know, some people could think, wow, think of the, the self-condemnation and the self-judgment that he could have had. But yet I think in that encounter, not only did the Lord take him all the way through all that stuff, but brought him back to the place of fully loving himself so that he could step into his next part of the journey. So if that conversion can happen, it's like, okay, if that can happen, we all got a chance, <laughs> you know, of, yes. of being able to give up our own self-condemnation and self-judgment and stepping into the idea that we are lovable and that we should love ourselves. And in that, you know, for some people that is so hard to even contemplate. It sounds so 
uh, you know, self-centered. But yet, until we learn to do that, we really can't honestly love others. I mean, Scripture's pretty clear. Love others as you love yourself. And if you don't really love yourself, which most people don't, you know, they will say they do. And, and I was one of them. I, you know, pastored for years and I was, but I, for 50 years, I, I seriously can admit now that before I w- I just loathed myself. I couldn't stand myself. When I stopped and really did this inner searching, I hated myself. And yet I'd put on this Christian face and I'd go out and I'd love others, you know, and when people said, do you love yourself? I would love myself because I was supposed to, you know, I would say I, I loved myself, but in all honesty, I didn't. And it wasn't until this revelation that you're talking about, stepping into a greater awareness that I have been able to, you know, wake up in the morning and, and say, wow, I do love myself. <laughs> Amen. And I can love others because of that. And I can enjoy others, even some people that, you know, the unlovables, you know, I can, I can sit with most of them. I will not say all of them because I, I haven't, I haven't met one yet that I couldn't sit down with, but you know, there's always those those extra challenges that God wants to take us through. So <laughs> there might be somebody yes. out there. But yeah, just enjoying the unlovables and and being able to do that is awesome. Let, let me, uh, if I may, share something that uh, when people watch this, uh, this conversation, uh, that may be of help to them, that may be today feeling like they're, uh, they're not useful uh, in the kingdom or they've they've been too long steeped in religion or they've been through so much pain uh, because I've, I've known many ministers who have been burnt out, who have quit, who are facing various struggles. And, you know, I, I minister full time. And what I mean by full time, you cannot teach two college classes and assist my wife. who She has uh, her offices next door to mine. She actually runs the whole thing. She's developed all of the spreadsheets, the whole program, uh, the whole the classrooms, and she has uh, a an assistant that works in her office at another desk. And you know we we have full time ministry going on here. But uh, but in in uh, two thousand and uh, in nineteen ninety six, uh, I was pastoring full time, but I was also driving one hundred and five miles one way every morning and every night, running a construction crew. I have a background in, in construction. I built custom homes. I built a, a government apartments, uh, remodeled the whole nine, and I injured my back. Now, this began on, it started me on a journey that uh, ultimately, by the end of that year, I had to leave construction. Uh, and um, without, without getting too into too much detail, because it's a, it's a great story within itself, because it's another journey. And what people need to know, because I, I have past people tell me I'm a, I'm a part-time pastor because I deal with a disability or I deal with a health problem. Well, you know what this did? Within two years, I graduated from business college. And one month after I graduated, I got up out of bed one morning and I was bent in half at a 90 degree angle. I couldn't straighten up. So the doctor put me in bed. I spent three years in bed on 19 different meds. I became a basket case where my wife had full power of attorney. I didn't have the ability to remember a conversation beyond 10 or 15 minutes. And I, I came out of that three years ago. I, I went ahead and had back surgery. Um, I had people write me letters and say, don't have surgery. That's not God's best for you. And, you know, I've been prayed for. I've been anointed. I've had it rubbed on me, the sign of the cross, sprinkled on me, uh, every kind of thing you can imagine. And... And, but I was just this mental basket case. I couldn't watch television because my eyes got out of focus. That was the first time I started wearing glasses. 
I, I couldn't read my Bible because I couldn't remember, I couldn't focus. So I would watch TV and sleep. Pretty much that was my life. And when I came out of that after back surgery, uh, I had a revelation. I was watching a martial arts movie, best of the best. The way the movie opens up uh, is the camera comes through the woods and it's snow on the ground and it opens up to this massive dojo in Korea. And there's five Korean martial artists who are going to compete in this competition. And they're doing what's called a hop change. And that means standing at a, a square horse position and actually jumping in air and changing feet positions. And something came over me. So I called my therapist who was also a fourth degree black belt in Taekwondo. And uh, he was my therapist and been for years and I said, can I do this? So he told me how to do it and what the way I should proceed for my particular situation. And, and so I began to do that. And I, I have a background in martial arts, but I also started going to his school to oversee my therapy. But obviously put me in a dojo where I'm doing therapy and everybody else is doing martial arts. I'm obviously going to get involved. So uh, for three years, I'm testing for my first degree black belt. I end up back in the hospital and uh, that was the end of that. Now, I said all that to say this, I no longer was able to pastor because to pastor, you've got to have either you or somebody that can go do the hospital calls that can do the visitation. There's just a lot of things. Uh, today, I have three braces on both of my legs. I have nerve damage to my legs, to my foot. I've had a couple of operations on my foot. I've had an operation on my shoulder due to this process. Here's the thing. Um, none of them I wanted. Now, the other day I sat with a doctor and he says to me, uh, a new guy, he says, your left knee is 100% gone. Your right knee is 90% gone. I said, I want you to understand something. I will never agree with you. Okay. And I said, now let me explain. If I allow my mind to come into agreement with you, then I begin to think in a different light. And I begin to see myself as this, this cripple, this messed up guy. Uh, I said, but what I will do is cooperate with the treatment you think is necessary for the situation. And so all of my doctors know that. And I've really hit it good. My main doctor is a Christian and uh, understands where I'm at. Nobody pushes surgery on me, but I still have to talk about Lord. I have to talk about how I see things in my own mind. So what I want to say just from that short rendition of this journey is here I am uh, teaching college full time. I have webinars that I don't know if we've not had a country at some point in time join in. We've had contacts from, from Russia, the Netherlands, uh, from Wales, from Australia, from, I mean, you name it, people have contacted us that are able to watch the internet. And I wanna to say, today I walk, I can drive, I can do about anything. I have limits, but I'm better than I was. They put me in a wheelchair. Uh, and told me I would be a cripple for the rest of my life. My wife and I looked at each other and said, we don't receive that. Right. I'd worked out right. of that. So today I'm very functional. Can I go to conferences and teach? I can. Travel's a little bit difficult, but, but I can. There are certain arrangements that have to be made. In March, we're having a graduation here in Joplin. But the end of March, we are to travel to Sierra Leone, West Africa, where our largest student body will come and we will have a graduation there. I need to make that trip. Do I think it will be challenging? You know, there's a lot of things in life that are challenging. There's stuff we face every day that's challenging. Yeah. 
but they're just challenges, challenges. and on. they're temporary situations because yes. they're visible, but the eternal realm is eternal. So would you say, because you know, there's a lot of people that just want to ignore any challenges. They just want to say that, you know, they're looking for that. We call it the pie in the sky, the Christian fantasy where, you know, we live a life that has no challenges. I'm like, you know, the challenges are what help us grow. And I expect to be growing all through eternity. Now, you know, if you look at every challenge as a negative thing, mm -hmm. then that's going to be a little bit of a problem. But if you have a, something that comes up against you and you look at it from a heavenly perspective, it's like, ah, opportunity to level up. I get to level up through this challenge. You know, I'm not saying bring it on. <laughs> I, I, no, I stopped no. that a long time ago. But when they come, you know, because they will come, when they come, it's an opportunity to level up in our faith and in our, you know, walk in the heavens. So I just, yeah. um, I, I, I fully agree with you. And, and I, you know, I just wanted to say to anybody who's listening who does have the, these challenges that, you know, whatever you do, don't let it become your identity. That I Absolutely. see so many people, all of a sudden, you know, they have something and they begin to relate to it as part of their identity and who they are. Uh, that, that makes it very challenging to step through that challenge and get to the other side and keep going. Yeah. On our website, uh, now this is like five years old, so my, my understanding has changed somewhat. But five years ago, I did healing school. I did 10 one-hour sessions, um, and it's available on our website. And then I did a healing school part two, um, which is less sessions, but, but the content is very good. So I, I don't throw away old content because old content was part of my transition yes. and my understanding. Yes. But I would say this about the challenges. Uh, do I embrace the challenges? Yes and no. I embrace them in that. Uh, not the, the no is is that I don't embrace it, embrace it as my identity. Right. So when I was created in eternity past, and the New Testament is full of scriptures about eternity yes. past before time began. Yes. Uh, I was created as whole as my Father is. Yes. So I see myself as whole. I didn't always. There was oh I used to complain so that, so that perfected much. self. Yeah, and I have to watch that today because I, I have some, some challenges that I face, and so I have to watch the complaining part of it, but, but I embrace it in that it's here, I got to deal with it, but it's not here to stay. Right. So do I believe that the pie-in-the-sky philosophy is that for me to be a successful believer, everything has to be perfect in my natural life? Absolutely not, because there's so much stuff. You know, my wife and I have been married... Uh, 46 years, uh, a little over 46 years, and we were married very young. When we got married in 1973, the, the, the rate, just taking our pastor's rate of success out of 10 marriages in time, we were the only couple that was still married. So wow. marriage used to be a 50 uh, 50% divorce rate it's it's been way beyond that now i'm not knocking anybody that's been through divorce and remarriage it that's part of the challenge of life it mm -hmm. happens yeah. but what i'm saying is is that my parents were married 56 years before they passed my wife's parents were married 72 years before they passed wow but wow. we have family members who have been married multiple times you know, the message to all of them is don't get big headed because you have a success rate going on. You only did that because you at some point realized that you were loved unconditionally. 
But if yeah. you've gone through divorce, that doesn't disqualify you. If you've gone through a physical problem, if you've gone through an abuse in your childhood, none of that disqualifies you. And the only thing that will set your path on the correct journey to truth is knowing that you are loved by your creator. Yeah. Amen. And, you know, I... Uh, having said all of that, you know, about the Christian fantasy and everything and the challenges that come, mm -hmm. uh, I I believe, and here's one thing, I'll back up a little bit and just say, I hold everything loosely anymore because I, I, I was a Seventh-day Adventist pastor and I thought I had all the truth and that eventually everybody would come to me for the truth, you know, our denomination, that we had yeah. the truth. And, um, you know, now I just ask everybody, hey, have you ever been wrong before? You know, so everybody's been wrong at some point. And for me to believe that what I have, what I believe now is the absolute truth and that everybody's going to go, that would be really seriously arrogant and prideful of me to, to still stand in that position. So I hold everything loosely. So one of the beliefs that I, I, I carry right now, though, is that I'm believing that when we fully and completely and perfectly love ourselves as the as the Father does, that there's really you know our that our body and the spiritual connection that we have would begin to um, uh, you know eliminate every sickness, every disease, every you know everything would be healed up. Yet in the meantime, all of us are in different positions, and there's no condemnation, there's no judgment. We're all just in different places of that awareness that we're stepping into and that, um, you know, again, no condemnation or judgment on anybody else. My journey is my journey. Your journey is your yeah. journey. Everybody's got yeah. their own journey and that we are going through things. And so um, I, may, I may not be ready if I got hit with, uh, you know, cancer. I may not be at an awareness level that I'm able to engage in the heavenly realms the, the way we do it, gauge with my perfected self in the heavenly realms and get through that. And I would have no problem going to the doctors and getting whatever therapy or, you know, treatment is necessary. Absolutely. So just saying to everybody out there, don't, don't get so prideful that you, you know, you don't let the, the, the medical fields that are there and available help you out. Now, is every medical treatment a good one? I think we all know the answer to that, you know. That would just take some uh, discernment, but uh, again, no condemnation for anything that anybody does. But we all are on this awareness journey, stepping stepping closer and closer to our perfected self. And you know, there was a lady uh, that went into the hospital because she had had cancer for years and she was actually in the final stage. And so they put her in the hospital and she was actually preparing to die. Something happened there at the end that she got a revelation. And she checked herself out of the hospital. She went home and said, I no longer believe in cancer. And within a certain amount of days, she was 100% cancer free. Come on. You know, here's an amazing story. John said to his friend Gaius, he said, I, I pray for you. I desire that you be in health, uh, that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. And the word prosper there, to, to prosper, does mean several things. One of the applications is to succeed in business affairs. Another application is to have a successful journey, which we all, all want. And he said to be in health. So we focus on the, the succeeding financially, and we focus on the, the be in health, but we forget his conclusion, even as or in equal proportion to the prosperity of your soul or of your understanding. 
So this is why I am so focused on helping people change the way they think. I mean, you know, let's, let's face it, I, I, have, I have degrees out the ear, but it's not about the degrees. Uh, I never let that become, you know, this big thing for me. It's, it's about that people don't understand the journey that I've been on wasn't exactly easy. As a matter of fact, there were all kinds of days where I said, look, I quit. I give up. I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, they've all been there. But the fact is, I come into a realization that if I don't change the way I think, then I'm not going to have good health and I'm not going to have success in, in the, the business uh, affairs or in my journey. So I need to focus on transitioning my thinking. And the way I do that is the scripture said that we behold him as in a glass or face to face. And we are transitioned, metamorphosed from glory to glory. It's not, if you read the Greek language, it's not face to face, it's face to face. Mm -hmm. We are, it, he is in our face yeah. and, and there's nothing, no animosity. There's no brow beating. It's only, look, let me encourage you. Let me show you another revelation. And I'm just like you. What I believe today is pretty solid, but it's not solid enough that it couldn't change overnight. And then I'll tell you something different tomorrow. I love the transition because as we have talked yeah. previously, you know, here's the place I love being. I was an inside the box thinker for years. I stayed inside the box. God's in the box with me. Then I come to a realization that you can't keep God in the box. So I started thinking outside the box, but it was just outside the box. Well, now I live in the realm of possibilities. Yeah. Everything I can imagine, because don't we know Holy Spirit keeps us in um, in in uh, the proper uh, uh, perspective of truth, that if I'm getting out there in some error, you know what? He's just going to say, yeah, that's not it. And we're going to find something else. So I absolutely love this realm of possibilities thinking and helping people change the way they think. Love it. Love it. Well, hey, we only have about uh, five minutes or so left, but um, how can people find you? Uh, you know, tell us, do you have any books? Do you have CDs? You've got your online courses. You've got your website. Why don't you go ahead and just share all that? And then I'll also, uh, I've got some of your bio information that we'll be putting up, but also would love to get any links that you have that you want me to put into the notes when we uh, air this. So uh, go ahead and share with us. Yes. Our website is uh, wbsitc.org. Uh, WBSITC for World Bible School International Training Center.org. On our website, uh, it's one of those things that's become so massive that I, I don't have time to pull it back into control, but a lot of stuff there. Uh, I have a devotional lessons. I have more than a year of devotional lessons that at one time were published in magazines or published online or by email. Um, uh, circulars, but they're just there. There's, uh, I, I, I can't even tell you today, there's well over 365 uh, and more to come. Uh, also, you will find, uh, I, I think I still have a link for video lessons. Uh, and I will say that the, the video less, uh, the, I'm sorry, the, um, uh, the MP3 lessons are outdated. But I don't have a problem with that because, again, the revelation the is journey. a part of my journey. So if I'm preaching the devil on there and I tell you at another time that, you know, here's what the Greek actually says, and this is really what they thought about it, then that's that's there. So there's a lot of stuff there you can find. The link for World Bible School University online is there as well, plus bios for Dr. Faye and myself. Now, um, 
I have two YouTube channels. My personal YouTube channel, Dr. Bill Hanshu, you can find easily. Um, there's, there's some good stuff on there. There's a couple of songs that I wrote for my parents at their memorials that were, um, uh, I, I wouldn't say 100% scriptural uh, in what I believe today, but again, a part of my journey and from their perspective. There's also uh, different random teachings that I have on there. But our main website, our main YouTube channel is if you just find WBSITC, just go to YouTube and find WBSITC, you will find probably, probably up close, if not over a thousand videos of teachings that we've done uh, sometimes with translators in other countries, uh, with a variety of guests. Um, you like some of them and you may not like some of them, but they're there for your enjoyment. Uh, Facebook is easy, uh, Bishop Dr. Bill Hanshu, which is almost full. Uh, then my second timeline, which is a, 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 got a little bit of space yet, Dr. Bill Hanshu. Uh, I have really fought with titles because Facebook is very particular about having two timelines. Um, I have had my second timeline shut down multiple times. Finally, I had to prove documentation uh, and all of that to get that second time. And so, I, so I, I do have a doctorate from a seminary. Uh, I have am a, a legally confirmed uh, bishop, um, all of that stuff. And so what that matters is, is in the legalities of things. But those are my links, uh, pretty much uh, that, that tells it all. Um, you're welcome to take advantage of any of the things. We're on Facebook four times a week, four broadcasts a week and occasionally a random broadcast. So. Awesome, awesome. Thank you for all that. And uh, I, I do encourage people to take a look. And so, Dr. Bill, do you have a few more minutes? Because uh, what we do is, uh, this is our main show, but we do some behind the scenes stuff uh, for our members. Are, do you have a few more minutes? Oh, sure, sure, whatever okay. you need. Good, good, good. All right, because uh, I, I really want to dive into some of your deeper stuff because I've heard some of your teachings. And um, for our members, I know that our members are, they're, they're all keyed into this stuff and they're, they're, they're hungry. So, um, and I know you've got some great stuff to share that we didn't get to talk about in the main shows. So uh, again, thank you, Dr. Bill, for being on here. Honor you, bless you, thank you. Uh, love your heart. I think I, one of the first things I said was kindred spirits because it definitely is just that holding things loosely, having the conversations, is so important and it's a blessing. So again, thank you for being on here. It's my so, honor, absolute honor. So to all of you who would like to be members or uh, partners, if you haven't uh, become a partner yet, if you go to the kingdomtalksmedia.com right above me here, then you will uh, be able to find a button. We have these easy buttons on the website and uh, there on those under those easy buttons is the button for partnership and you can go in there and uh, for $10 a month, you can be a partner with us and get all the behind the scenes stuff. You get to see the shows right after we brought or, uh, record them before we broadcast them and you get the behind the scenes stuff as well. Uh, a lot of other things there on that website. So go check it out. Again, we bless each and every one of you. We thank you for tuning in and we look forward to seeing you next time. Blessings. Thank you for taking time out to listen to Kingdom Talks. You can find out more about Kingdom Talks Media and our mission to unite in faith and grow as mature sons at KingdomTalksMedia.com. Please continue to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. You can find us on Facebook, 
YouTube, Spreaker, Spotify, iTunes, Fringe Radio Network, and many more places. Go to our website to find links to all of our media outlets, as well as fantastic online courses and conferences, including the life-changing interactive course, Ultimate Impact. And last but not least, we ask that you consider partnering with us to fulfill the mission to get these messages to the world. To become a partner, go to the Partnership tab on our website. Thank you, and until next time, live a blessed life and keep carrying us in your heart and sharing us wherever hearts are open.